Welcome to episode 120 of the GameBots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, Christian and I both watched the newly released The Suicide Squad, and we will finish up with just generally what we checked out this week and what we're going to check out in the next week. Christian, The Suicide Squad came out, uh, what, two weeks ago? Something like that. It's released in theaters and HBO Max. I actually saw it in theaters, and I feel bad because I don't have too many notes on it, but I I really enjoyed this one. Same. It's it's one of those movies that it's it's tough to take notes on because I don't really have many. Yeah, if this... I'm, just, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I think this might be the best DCEU movie, and for me, it's up there as like one of the best DC movies. It's definitely up there. Like I, I had a blast with this movie. This is what I wish the DCEU was, where you know you can have ultraviolet. Like because Marvel doesn't go in an ultraviolet direction, but the DC movies and Warner Brothers don't seem to be worried about that as much. <laughs> But you can do that and make a good movie. It just doesn't have to be a grim, dark movie like the Batman and or Superman and then Superman vs. Batman and the Justice League movies ended up being. Right. So I, I have in my notes here that like DC has kind of like an internal identity crisis. Like it seems like there's two tracks going on. There's this Justice League track that is so self-serious, and now there's this Suicide Squad Birds of Prey track that is much goofier. And the two don't really mesh that well with each other tonally. Like, I cannot, for example, imagine a movie where, like a like a full Justice League, where they bring everybody in, and it's, like, all of these Suicide Squad characters on the same screen as, like, Henry Cavill's Superman and, and Ben Affleck. Right, and then, like, in the in-between, you have Aquaman and Shazam, which, you saw Shazam, so you would know better than I do, but in Aquaman, like, there is some humor. Like, I could see... Aquaman and King Shark being on the same screen. Right. Aquaman's the closest to, to walking that line between like Aquaman felt like a Marvel movie. Marvel, the, the MCU movies have this kind of comic balance that lets the weirder movies like Guardians mesh with the rest of them. Like none of them are so self-serious that like Peter Quill is completely out of place in a in an Avengers movie. Right. But I mean, Sh- Shazam is much closer to Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad. Like it's it's not rated R, it's much more tame, but it's very goofy. Right. And I mean, what makes this radar is obviously the language and the violence, but there are ways to I to tone that down in a way that makes them fit into another franchise. Yes. We're <laughs> So this is going to be full spoilers on this one because the opening 10 minutes kills off a fair number of characters that they marketed and I wasn't surprised I was surprised by one of them in particular but the other ones I was not so surprised about. Uh what 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 is the basic premise of this movie before we even get into that Christian? I was shocked about a lot of those. Uh yeah. so the yeah so the the plot of this one is essentially it's kind of like a detached sequel from the first one. You get a lot of half references, but essentially what it feels like is that in the ensuing however long, like four years since the first movie, the Suicide Squad has been alive and running, and Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis, will just go into prisons and grab people and be like, you're on the squad for this next mission, and they're like, no, okay, whatever. And so it's like, you're expendable, and we'll just, you know, pick people at random to go on these suicide missions. And so this one picks up with them invading a fictional 
like I, I think kind of like Caribbean island nation to uh, overthrow their government and like erase traces of it, like an illegal U.S. operation that was there from like the 70s. Right. And a staple of the Suicide Squad originally, like the original uh, comic run, was that they are all like D and C list superheroes, which Harley Quinn was in the last one. She's become a big name, but she wasn't even in the DC universe until uh, like the comics universe until the Batman animated series in the 90s. So Suicide Squad actually predates her. But the original Suicide Squad like had a bunch of random characters and it would not be uncommon for them to die. So this movie actually feels way closer to the original idea of the Suicide Squad than the first movie does. Because they do pick, especially in the first 10 minutes, a bunch of no-name uh, villains. And then they put huge big names behind them and they just get killed. Right, yeah, the, the first 10 minutes of this was shocking to me. I could not believe it. Yeah, Nathan Fillion is like the detachable man. TDK, I think is his name. Yeah, the detachable kid. Yeah, where he just like can take his arms off. And when that happens, like the one guy's just like, what the? (laughs) When it's happening. I love that scene because his arms come off, they fly at the soldiers, and then he just kind of like starts trying to slap the guns out of their hands. (laughs) And they're just like, what is this? And they're like, (laughs) Like, he doesn't try to strangle them, like, nothing. He's just slapping the guns. The one dude had the javelin or whatever, just has a javelin. Yep, he has seemingly no powers whatsoever. I really, it was, uh, Pete Pete Davis is in here immediately, just face blown off, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty fun for me. I enjoyed that. Um. Yeah, but, so, so... The entire opening of this is basically a bait and switch, right? It's like you're introduced to all of these characters. It's a whole team of people. It's just like the beginning of the first one. And then they're dropped on this beach and they are all killed. Or almost every single one of them is killed. Only like two of them make it out. And so it's Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn. And and you're like, okay, well, obviously they're safe. But then, yeah, Nathan Fillion's TDK is, is killed immediately. Uh, Michael Rooker is killed immediately. The Weasel is killed immediately. Pete Davidson, the Javelin, like it, it's the entire team goes down. And I was standing there like, oh, wow. <laughs> like I, I didn't really know what to make of that. I legitimately thought they killed Flag and Harley Quinn in the first five minutes after they took out Boomerang because Boomerang, Captain yeah, Boomerang. Boomerang. And like the most recent iterations of like the DC animated universe and even the comics to a certain extent is sort of a mainstay of the Suicide Squad. So I was not expecting him to get taken out immediately too. And then when that all happened, I was like, oh man, did they legitimately just kill Harley Quinn, one of their like biggest name stars? <laughs> I wish we'd have seen more of Boomerang in this. Like I hated him in the first one. I thought he was obnoxious and pointless. But in this one, they gave him like laser boomerangs and they were cutting through trees and cutting people's heads off. Like that would have been, I, I feel like he, he was underutilized in this. Everyone else, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I was bummed out that they killed him off so fast. I I will say though, um, I'm one of the I won't I won't say that I am a defender of the 2016 or whatever year the the first Suicide Squad came out, but I did not hate it like everyone else did. Like I thought it was fine, but the team put together in this one has so much more chemistry than anyone on the team in the first movie. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Idris Elba, is, Idris Elba, and John Cena alone have more chemistry than that entire first movie had. I mean, they made this movie. They were so good in this that I now want an Idris Elba, John Cena, Hobbs and Shaw style movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yep, bad guy team up. I mean, and they start off right out the gun when they introduce him because they're going through like what Idris Elba can do, and then they're like, and this guy. Uh, Peacemaker, he is proficient in guns. He never misses, blah, blah, blah. And then Idris Elba was just like, that's what I do. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I'm better than you. <laughs> it's like literally the same character. <laughs> it is. And it's it's like Rick Flagg is kind of the same character too. And you, like, he, he doesn't have any powers, granted. And he's just kind of like team leader, but that's kind of his bag too. He's just like the all-around tough guy. And I will say I, one of my favorite scenes in this was when they were all locked in that van together, the three of them. And it was just like, oh, okay, like these are the three heavy hitters on the team, all in like a small confined space. This is not going to go well for anybody. <laughs> and they all knew the one hit kill punch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite scene in this movie was when they were invading the quote unquote rebel base, and Cena and Idris Elba had oh the God. killing contest, and then just like so the comedic funny. effect at the end, like. Uh, John Cena had one of my favorite lines of the movie where um, Idris Elba was like, no one likes a show off. And he's like, or what did he say? He says like, yeah, no one likes someone who brags. And he's like, or no one likes a show off. He's like, yeah, they do if it's cool as hell. And then Idris Elba was like, damn it, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I keep quoting that all constantly, like all week I've been saying it. Yeah, like I, I thought like, because that's the... <laughs> I don't. I that scene would never happen in a Marvel movie or even probably like another DC movie, but it fit in nope. there so well. Yeah, because then he he shoots the guy. John Cena shoots the guy in the shoulder, and Idris Elba's like, "Up, oh, non-lethal, you lose." And then the bullet explodes. <laughs> I, did, I did also like the callback when like the first scene they're fighting, and he's like, "If I shot you, I just I'd shoot you with a shooter bolt with a smaller bullet through the middle of it." Yeah. And then at the end, that's exactly what happens, and it's just like, "Oh man, this is great! A great callback." I will say, like. I Captain Boomerang notwithstanding, like I was legitimately upset that they killed Rick Flag. Like I really liked him as a character. I was bummed out that he died in this. That's the thing. If they killed Rick Flag in the first one, I would not have cared. I actually really liked Rick Flag in this one, and he grew on me. Yeah, yeah. I I saw an, uh, uh, somebody comment online about like at the end of the first one, you get him like his real character growth, which is that he starts to see like his team as his team instead of just a bunch of criminals. And then that, that carries over even on this one where he's like, we're not going to leave Harley behind. We're not going to do that. Like we stick together. And like, he goes out on a limb for his team, even though they are all like pretty terrible people. And yeah, it was, it was a bummer to watch him die. I, I was really disappointed that we're not going to get more of him. Yeah. So Joel Kinnaman, who plays flag uh, said the, this film was, an opportunity to give his character a blank slate. And he said that he wanted, he basically made flag sillier, less jaded, more naive and funnier compared to what, what, what uh, he was kind of forced to be in suicide squad 2016. And I think it was definitely the right choice. Yeah, definitely agree. It, it was so much more fun. I, I have a question for you because the first suicide squad, I feel like it had a pretty big cast. I mean, Will Smith was a big name. I think this one is actually an even bigger star-studded cast. I mean, number one, you have James Gunn directing Unfettered. You got Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Sylvester Stallone doing the voice of uh, King Shark. 
and Peter Capaldi in it. Like, it's a really good cast. Michael Waititi for a couple minutes. Was he re- Was he one of the guys in the very initial part? He is uh, Ratcatcher 1. He was the dad. I did not pick up. I didn't notice that. Yep. Yeah, he was one of the ones where they, they had said, they had announced at one point that he was going to be in this, but he wasn't in any of the previews anywhere, and like he didn't have a, a spot on IMDb anywhere, and so there was a lot of speculation as to who he was. People thought he was going to end up being King Shark, but then they announced it was Sly. So yeah, he, he ended up being Ratcatcher 1. Uh, another interesting cameo was uh, the original like writer for Suicide Squad was John Ostrander. He... Uh... He plays Dr. Fitzgibbon in the film, which I don't know exactly who that was, but he makes an appearance in the film, which I thought was cool. That's cool. But yeah, I, I agree. This was a much bigger cast than the first one was. I, Outside of Will Smith and Margot Robbie, I didn't know most of them. Like, I didn't know, I think it's El Diablo. I didn't really know who Jai Courtney was at the time. I know who he is now, but... Um, I, I couldn't tell you who King Shark was at this point. Like, it was it was just kind of like a, a smattering of people. But yeah, this this one everybody was somebody. Yeah, I I will say like of the characters, King Shark. The only reason I know him is from the Harley Quinn animated series, and now I kind of know who he is more because I've he's appeared in a few things I read. But <laughs> yeah, this was I've never had heard of Bloodsport before this. Mm-hmm. It did seem like they just kind of said, like, let's get a character who is functionally identical to uh, Will Smith's Deadshot character. Well, that was one of my notes in this was, were they pulling the uh, one of the executives at Marvel when they replaced Terrence Howard with Don <laughs> Cheadle was basically like, no one's going to notice. And I was like, did they think no one would notice that Idris Elba is, and Will Smith are not the same person? Because if they had had him play Deadshot, I think it would have been the bad call. But it is weird that basically Bloodsport has the exact same backstory as Deadshot. They didn't even give him like an original backstory or original yeah, no, like, it's, powers. It's just my daughter's mad at me for being a, a mercenary, basically. I, I I read somewhere that their reasoning for doing this was they wanted to give Will Smith the chance to come back to play Deadshot if they mm. if you know if he ever had the opportunity, which I think was probably the right call, even though those two characters are so similar. Yeah. So Peacemaker is getting his own TV show now. Are we to believe that he was not actually killed at the end, or is the TV show going to be a like prequel? Did you stick around for the post credit scenes? Ooh, I stuck around for maybe not all of them. Did I saw the I, the I saw the one where Weasel came back. Yeah, so somewhere further on, uh, you see two agents uh, from. Whatever division Amanda Waller runs, I can't remember its name. Well, I guess it's Bell Reef Prison, but whoever they were, they're walking in the in the hallways of a hospital, and they're like, I can't believe he survived. And I was like, oh, they're going to keep Rick Flag alive, and then it's uh, Peacemaker's John Cena in a hospital bed in critical okay. condition. All right, yeah, I, I did miss that one then. Uh, I, I really like John Cena as uh, Peacemaker. He described the him as uh the douchebag captain america and i think he played it completely perfectly (laughs) yeah i was uh i was upset about his turn but i mean it wasn't completely unpredictable i think it was in line with his character so i wasn't like irritated that they did it it was just one of those like in story i was like ah man this sucks yeah especially when he killed flag too i was like no i don't like you anymore but you are one of the best parts of this movie still (laughs) 
I liked I, I liked uh, Polka Dot Man a lot more than I thought I was going to. I like what they did with his powers because I think in the comics originally, like he just has technology that lets him shoot polka dots. I like that it's this ailment that he has where he has to like throw them up and then collect them. <laughs> I also love when they introduced him and someone was like, what are you going to do? Throw polka dots at me? And then like in a normal action movie, you'd expect like them to have some sort of conflict. Pokemon man just dejectedly walks, <laughs> walks away. Like, his powers are not what I expected them to be. Like, I, no. I, I don't know what they are in the comics, if, if they are just kind of he throws the polka dots and they melt things like they did in this. I thought it was going to be, like, every color did something different. So, like, he would throw, a, like, a blue one and it would freeze something. He'd throw a red one, it would explode. But in this, yeah, he just kind of throws these these little discs and they melt whatever they touch. Yeah, and also I did like that the entire thing was he just hated his mother. <laughs> Oh, every scene where something turned into his mother was very unsettling. <laughs> right, especially the Starro part. Yeah. The worst one for me was the first one because I wasn't expecting it. And he, <laughs> they're like, where's your mom now? And he said everywhere. everywhere. And I thought that was just going to be a reference of like, I blew her up. And he, the camera turns around and it's every member of the Suicide Squad on his mom's face. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, another scene I really liked was... uh. I actually really like King Shark in this. I thought it was funny. It's just he's such a yeah. weird character and how dumb he was great. when he was going to eat um rat catcher <laughs> and then like John Cena walks out and Tidy Whitey's Whitey's in there like, why are you naked right now? Idris Elba White asks why isn't Tidy Whitey's and he calls him racist. <laughs> what are you that's racist? <laughs> and like they, they keep making fun of Ratcatcher for being naive because she's like well, he's not going to eat me. We're friends now. And they're like, he's absolutely going to eat you. <laughs> right. Uh, King Charles was one of my favorite parts of this movie. I mean, this feels like the bizarro Guardians of the Galaxy to a certain point, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, which I guess is fair and unfair to a certain point, but it's like James Gunn's like adult gross version because it's like King Shark is not group, but it's another just random character that he got a famous person to do a couple lines for, you know? Right, yeah, this this felt like the Guardians that James Gunn would have made if it hadn't been a Disney property. If it, if they hadn't been like, you have to keep this a very light PG-13. Right. Man. So what do you think of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn in this? I, I, I thought it was interesting that she wasn't necessarily the narrative focus of this one, like she was in the first movie. Yeah, so this did feel more like a Birds of Prey sequel to me than it felt like a sequel to the first Suicide Squad, which I say as as praise because I really enjoyed the, the Birds of Prey movie. But it, it felt tonally like it was a sequel to that movie. And so I enjoyed her like, continued arc. She, like, had some of her tattoos of, of the Joker are, like, covered up with other tattoos now, which I thought was cool. Um, the... The monologue that she does after she kills the the president of that country was hysterical to me. Yes, like he he says something about like, oh, I'm gonna harness the power of the the beast to like take over the country and then the world, and like I'll kill whatever women and children get in my way. She just shoots him. Yeah, which is She's completely like, unexpected. Yeah, she shoots him and says like, I'm sorry, but I promised that I would look for red flags in a man. <laughs> 
killing women and children is a big red flag, and I was cracking up. I thought this is outstanding. It's this perfect mix of like, yes, she has grown as a character. That like that's definite like development, but she's also still completely insane. And so I, I thought that was an absolutely perfect moment for her. Same. I I like I thought she was great for what it was. They kind of had her doing her own thing. Uh, but I like that the. I want to say the heart of this movie was like Ratcatcher, right? Like you like yes. her, and then she sort of brought out the best in Idris Elba, and it was more so their stories. And Harley Quinn was in, like more of a supporting character in this one, and I thought that they played it off well with it because in the first Suicide Squad, like her whole arc really related around the Joker and even um, Birds of Prey to a certain extent. So I am glad that they found a way to use her as not just being an offshoot of I'm dealing with the Joker. Right. And I feel like that may have been partially her call as well. Cause I know she said in an interview recently after this movie came out that like, she's done with Harley Quinn for a little while. Like she'll, she'll happily come back and do it again, but she needs a break. And so I could definitely see her being like, how about you put me in a, like a little bit more of a minor role and we can like wean the people off of me a little bit. Yeah. Um, what did you think about uh, Starro as the big bad? Because that is someone who I don't really know much about. It reminds me of something from Batman Beyond. There was a character similar to that that like was an alien species that took over the Justice League's mind in the future. But other than that, no no context. But I looked him up and it was an alien starfish supervillain from the Silver Age. It debuted in 1960 and was the first foe the Justice League of America tangled with. I mean, I thought he was fine. I I enjoyed that they made him kind of sympathetic. That he was n- not so much a monster as like a like a caged animal that just wanted out. Right. Um. So I th- I thought that was an interesting turn, and that the like the big bad was actually probably Peter Capaldi's character in this. Mm-hmm. Uh. But yeah, I mean, he he was just kind of like almost a MacGuffin, like, at a certain point. It was just, they just needed, like, a monster to fight at the end of the movie. I will say them using the final line of him being like, I just wanted to lay in space watching the stars. It's like, oh, boy, you feel bad for this. Yeah, that was sad. (laughs) Just killed thousands of people with this mind-control starfish. Yeah, that was, that was a a tough line. (laughs) I, I, yeah, that one hurt a little bit. Like, I just wanted to look at the stars. I did think a funny scene in the movie, though, was when it really saw the starfish and it, like, they could not attach to King Shark's face because he has, like, a weird-shaped face. Just standing there, yeah. It was... I, I had a moment where I was like, I I wonder how the the heroes are going to get out of this. And, like, Ratcatcher put her helmet on, but, like, King Shark's face was weird. And then I was like, well, Idris Elba's helmet broke, and what are Harley Quinn and polka dot man gonna do about this and i mean they just kind of shot them as they came down right you think they would just like more people would have had face like it's the army like you think they would have something to protect their faces because it seems like as soon as those things did like they had so long to attach to you and if they didn't they just died yeah yeah i I was i was a little confused because you've got this whole army and like they all have machine guns I feel like if the answer was just to shoot them as they approached, more people would have been successful in that. Right. <laughs> Definitely a question there, but they're just not as good as marksmen's as a um, I guess. 
Sorry, man. I keep bringing up my favorite scenes, but I love the scene with Milt when Milton dies. Oh my god. Yeah, who's Milton? <laughs> right. You're, t- you're telling me there's been a guy named Milton with us this whole time? I think I would have noticed that. Well, they're like, wait, Milton's still with us? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's like <laughs> I saw somebody post on Twitter something like Milton stormed Jotunheim like he wasn't just a getaway driver. <laughs> I also love at the end when Margaret when Harley Quinn calls and bloods Fort Milton and he's like, wait, what? Oh man. Yeah, Bloodsport's entire like his entire personality was just kind of like cursing under his breath, and I loved it. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. Idris Elba did good in this. Like I think I enjoyed his like his portrayal way better than I enjoyed Will Smith's uh, Deadshot. Yeah, Will Smith's character just it was kind of like joyless. Like Idris Elba was grumpy the whole time too, but he, it was in a fun way. Yeah, Deadshot was just kind of. I, mean, I feel like it was the it was the Suicide Squad for the like the Batman Superman track. It was just too self serious. Yeah, and maybe I'm just tired of Will Smith. It was. I was very much like, "Oh, this is Will Smith playing Deadshot." Whereas, like, I, I know you know I've seen a lot of Idris Elba stuff, but I wasn't like, "Okay, I'm very aware this is Idris Elba in every scene." Yeah, I could see that. the The only other scene that's springing to mind as uh, another good King Shark moment was when he made friends with all the like jellyfish, yeah. or whatever they were, and then they got out and they were just nothing but teeth. And then he just falls out of a building. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was one of those where it was Waller keeps insisting that King Shark is like their their strongest team member, and you're like, uh, yeah, like all right, whatever. And then you get him on the field, and you're like, oh no, he definitely is. Yeah, there's a reference in here in the very beginning where they're like, some people say he's a shark god. I don't believe that. It's actually confirmed in the comics. He is the son of like the king of all sharks or whatever. <laughs> and it's like that was funny. He's he's trying to read a book and it's upside down and he tells they're going into that club and he's like it's okay i'll put on a disguise yeah they're like what disguise are you gonna put on and he's like oh i just put on a fake mustache yeah i love how john cena treats him when he's reading the book he's like this idiot has the book upside down (laughs) john cena is such a jerk in this but it works so well like every scene he is in is gold yeah like i will definitely watch the peacemaker tv show when it comes out I would actually be excited to watch that on like every Marvel show that I've, <laughs> I've watched. So, Christian, do you know how this fared in the box office? I mean, not great. It was it it almost broke even. Uh, its budget was 185 million. So far, it's made back 181 and a half million. So it's almost breaking even. I I don't know really what to explain that away with it could be people just hated the first one so much it's probably a big part of it is that it came out hbo simultaneously so i'm sure they kind of cannibalized their own market a little bit there but i i know this was a big disappointment box office wise which is really unfortunate because this is by far the best of their movies in a while yes yeah hopefully it's it's because everybody watched it on hbo because this this was so fun for critic scores on Rotten Tomato, the critics put this at ninety one percent, and the audience at eighty three percent. So the people who are seeing it are liking it. Like I would skew closer to the critics on this, but even the audience is liking the movie. Same, yeah. Like I would absolutely put this as a ninety percent movie. 
would you recommend our audience check this out? For sure. With, I mean, obvious caveats, like this is hyper-violent and the language is terrible and there is some nudity. So like, if that's not your bag, then absolutely not. Like I would never tell my dad to watch this movie, but if, yeah, if, if you like, I mean, basically, if you like the Guardians of the Galaxy and you don't mind violence and, and language, this you'll have a ton of fun with this. Yeah, this is one of the ones where I'm like, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And I guess with some of your cave- your caveats, too, like, if you don't like those things, maybe skip this one. But I love this movie. I almost, if I had time, I would have rewatched it on HBO Max after I saw it in theaters, which never happened. Like, I never just start rewatching a movie soon after I see it. It's usually like a, at least six months or more. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed it. This is up there for maybe one of my favorite movies of the year. Nice. All right, Christian. And now, uh, is there anything either you watched last week or you're going to watch this week that you wanted to talk about? I didn't watch much last week besides Suicide Squad. I was pretty busy. Um, Free Guy came out, and I'm going to probably try and see that in the next couple of days. I've heard nothing but great things about it, but that's about all that's on my radar. Nothing's really coming out this week that I'm that interested in. Yeah, for me, too, I really want to see Free Guy. Uh, Jungle Cruise, I also want to see after your recommendation. I'm kind of busy this weekend again like that's my prime time to go see a movie maybe i can sneak one in thursday uh but we'll see but those are the two i really want to see and i had talked to you about this a little bit before we started recording but also green knight which i've heard a lot of good things about on podcasts but you're telling me that you've not heard good things in person so that one's kind of fallen on like me really wanting to watch it yeah, it's it seems like it's visually very appealing and just kind of not anything else uh, one thing I recently finished that I wanted to talk to you about, I just rewatched the first season of New Girl. I'm like trying to go through and rewatch that series. I think I only watched oh. like two and a half to three seasons before, but Great. very funny first season, I think. New Girl is one of my comfort shows. I feel like I've talked about this before, but I have watched it through probably five times, like all seven seasons. Wow. To the, to the point now where I have like an encyclopedic knowledge of New Girl. Like pe- people will show me a clip or like give me a quote and I can tell you like season and episode. Wow. That is, that is impressive. It's just on in the background constantly. I'm, I'll, I'll be like cooking lunch or, or like cleaning the house. Like a uh, New Girl. <laughs> I was really curious how the early seasons would hold up on it because this was released around like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Like, Right when I was in college, and that's when I, around the same, like, first time I'd seen some episodes, and I thought it was funny. And sometimes I rewatch old shows that, uh, you know, I haven't watched in close to seven, eight years, a decade, or whatever. Like, uh, How I Met Your Mother has not held up as well as I thought it would for me personally. Um, that's the one I go to all the time as well, as, as being like this, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see nearly as much appeal as I did when it was first running. Right. I don't want to get a whole How I Met Your Mother thing, but like some episodes are still funny, but I also am like, Ted really sucks. Like I'm seeing that more now as I'm older, but New Girl has held up so far. Like, I think it's funny. I think it knows what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I think it peaks like seasons four and five, I think are the, the best New Girl seasons. All right. Looking forward to it.
Alright guys, and now it's time for the Amazon review game. Just a quick recap of the rules. Christian has three one-star reviews for a movie from Amazon. He's going to read the first review. I'll get two yes or no questions to help me narrow it down. I can then either guess or ask for another review. He, uh, after that second review, I can ask two more yes or no questions. I can then either guess or ask for a third review. Same thing, two more yes or no questions, then I have to guess. We're keeping score this year. If I get it on the first review, three points, two points for the second review, one point for the third review, and zero points if I miss it. Christian, I am ready when you are. Okay. Under no circumstances pay money for this. I can't believe I paid for this. Granted, it came at the recommendation of a couple of 13-year-old boys who raved about it, watched as part of Sun's birthday party. Funniest part of this disaster was the 10-year-old's commentaries when it was over. He said, you paid $4 for that? Yeah. I wish I would have turned it off when he was following the girl in school or whatever, and then just skipped right to the end. Hmm. All right, trying to think about a movie where girls followed in school. Uh, does this star Dave Batista? No. I'm glad because I can't remember the name of that movie we watched where he, he like watches a small child. Um, let's see here. Is this a Marvel movie? No. Okay. I'm going to need a second review. Okay. This movie was recommended because I liked Baby Driver. I have no idea why. It was very strange. Comic book genre did not enjoy it. I just don't get it. I was supposed to like this based on what I'd heard from other people, but found it completely annoying. But then I remembered I hate Michael Sarah, and that probably has something to do with it. Uh, I like have a very clear one I want to guess, but I'm trying to think of how I can narrow this down in a useful way in case it's not this Michael Sarah movie. Is this uh? Darn it. Is this an Edgar Wright movie? Hmm, I'm pretty sure. Yes, he did is direct this. Is this based on a comic book by Brian O'Malley? Uh, uh, yes. Is this Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? Yes, it is. There. Love that movie. <laughs> what if the reviews just said, too much Michael Sarah? That's hilarious. Like, I could totally see that if that review's from, like, 2012 or something, but Michael Sarah has not been in very much since that, like, in a while. It was... 2018. What? <laughs> yeah, one star, too much Michael Sarah. I... A lot of these one-star reviews are, like, practical. It's like the disc didn't work. I mean, I, I love Edgar Wright movies, so, like, that, plus the, I love the comic book, and it has one of the best, like, arcade beat-em-up games ever released. That oh, is man, just, yeah, we used to play that. Yeah, that franchise, to me, has done no wrong in its existence. I'm looking up Edgar Wright movies. I don't know if I like any of these. Really? You don't like Shaun of the Dead? Oh, okay, yep, there that is. Okay, so I do like those movies. I like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. But I didn't like Baby Driver. I hadn't I... seen that. He made Ant-Man. All right, so, okay, I'm, I'm like 50-50. Did you, like, did you see At World's End, I think it was called? I have not watched that one, no. That's another, like, Edgar, uh, sorry, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, one that I think is pretty yeah. good. They actually, I don't remember if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but... 
Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did a new show that mostly stars Nick Frost and another guy, but Simon Pegg's like an ancillary character called Truth Seekers on Amazon Prime. It's awesome. And if you like Shaun of the Dead or those movies, or like Godfathers, you should definitely check it out. Nice. Yeah, I have a complicated relationship with Scott Pilgrim. I've watched it like two or three times. I just don't know if I like it. I think a big part of the problem is I hate Scott. Yeah, well, that's, like his, a, that's the his thing. character like, is sucks. terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's it's actually if you read the comic, he's I think worse. Like Michael Sarah saves oh, it up a little bit. Yeah, you should read the comic sometime, dude. They're so good, and that's part of the thing is like Scott does suck, and like he needs to learn to be a better person. Like he's not yeah. a traditionally like purely good hero. Like I do like almost everyone else in this. I love Chris Evans' character. I love uh, Brandon Rouse's character. Brie Larson's in it. <laughs> yeah. And so, so it, this is a very fun, like, very like, it, it's like, uh, it's like gunpowder milkshake. It's very neon. Yeah, I think it's better done though. But maybe I just saw it at the right time in my life. I don't know. It has a ridiculous yeah. supporting cast though. Like, oh yeah, so Plaza's many people are in this. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you'd like to contact us, we are at Gambots Network on Twitter, or you can email us at gambots.blog at gmail.com. Also, we have a website now if you want to check that out. That's gambotsnetwork.com. And finally, if you're listening to somewhere where you can rate and subscribe, we'd appreciate it as that does help with marketing. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thank you.